0: And welcome back in ladies and gentlemen to another edition of Relegated FC. Hit it right off the jump. Isaac, what are your thoughts on the uh, Tottenham Burnley match for the weekend?
1: Well, I want to start by saying that uh I missed y'all last week and my parents were actually in town. It wasn't just the fact that we gave up 3 goals after being up 3-0 in the 83rd minute.
0: Sure, uh, sure, I- sure.
1: <laughs> in what turned out to be a historical capitulation uh to west ham but fair play to west ham that they, they are actually a decent club as it might have turned out and we'll get to that man city and uh, draw that they were able to pull off but i'm here now and uh i wasn't going to cancel if we were not able to beat burnley but we did and uh i've decided that uh the new Rainy day on Wednesday or rainy Wednesday at Stoke, uh, meme that the Brits love it is now, uh, rainy or cold Monday at Turfmore, which is the Burnley venue. Uh, Turfmore, what a badass name for a venue. Some of the names of these stadiums that these British clubs have are just incredible. Uh, Turfmore, right, being right up there uh, with one of my favorites. Um uh, Mauricio Pochettino who you know I always uh, will love uh, dearly he was the one that was coaching when I first came to Spurs would have called this a professional victory it's the kind of victory that you don't say man we just demolished them or, or it was flashed there was flare we managed the game it was managed uh, you know Burnley were always going to come in there hoofing the ball up Playing the long balls, hoping for the best. They've got height. They've got size. There's a physical team. You know, we were texting during the match, and I think people were pointing that out amongst our group that this is a big group of guys here in Burnley. You know, Ashley Barnes, their striker, he's just your old school British, you know, rugby kind of looking guy. He's just going to get up there, just elbow people. And in fact, he elbowed the crap out of Toby Alderviral early in the game, resulting in uh, some decent blood and that classic football head wrap that they do, which is just the best. I mean, it's just amazing. It looks like Stakes got the the Toby head wrap in honor of of, of Toby (laughs) right now. So (laughs) professional victory. um, You know, just your 1-0 victory, that clean sheet that we really wanted to see. I remember when West Ham scored against us and it went 3-1 we went, damn, there goes the clean sheet. Uh, Little did we know that that was about to get a lot worse uh, the, the Harry King Youngman Sons uh, show continues. Uh, they have seven, uh, Harry King has assisted, uh, song seven times this season, six matches into the season. It's going to break records. They're a historic pairing of, uh, just unbelievable production. Offensively. There's no doubt that Tottenham have the offensive production and two and, the, and potentially the greatest strike force in the world. I dare say. Um, it's not to be trifled with. You got in Kane and Son. You have two people that are at the peak of their powers. These are players that are just ruthless and skillful and efficient, and are just operating at a level that that Tottenham has yet to see uh, in many years. Uh, you know, there was the desk formation: Deli, Eriksson, Son, and Kane that showed great production in 16 and 17. Right now, it's just Kane and Son. I mean, let's just be honest. These two are just unbelievable. And they have this preternatural relationship. And this is what we were talking about earlier with Stake. And feel free to chime in. Stake was just, could not believe, just the goal. You know, let's talk about the goal. Let's break down the goal here. The goal was a corner. And, you know, this is late in the game. The corner is kind of tailing off a little bit. And Kane doesn't try to head it towards goal. But as you see the ball is going towards Kane and you see that Kane is fearing off, Saan, I guess, just anticipates that rather than Kane trying to head the ball towards goal or try to score, which would have been the, the, you know, the, the probability of win on that, the P win, that is, is extremely low. He's, he's leaning away from goal. You can't generate power. So Kane, the producer, the greatest sister Heads it towards that far post. And it's those second headers on, you know, when there's two headers on a corner, it's extremely dangerous. And he just heads it towards that far post and Song's there. So my point being was, is that as Kane started to lean back, you saw Song started to sneak in to that area. Uh, When I was playing, uh, we called it uh, POMO, the position of maximum opportunity. Those corner areas of the six yard box, extremely dangerous position to be. Song's there heads it into the top of the bo- the goal just over the, the outstretched head of one of the Burnley defenders and we go up 1-0. Of course we're holding our breath but really did Burnley really even have any sort of attack. They they did, they did, but the the, the I think the momentum you know really led to a continued professional closeout. Further shout out to Toby not only being the warrior that he is and, and bandaging up and and playing through the rest of the game with a cut open Uh, You know, that soft spot above the eye. Uh, But he was fantastic. And then also and Dombele in the midfield continues just this resurgence. I mean, the guy is just everywhere. And then, of course, Hoybier, I mean, it's like every game I'm talking about Hoybier. I mean, the guy is just freaking everywhere, jamming in, sticking his foot in. He's just incredible. And Tottenham uh, supporters may remember that the glory season that Victor Wanyama had uh, when we got second in the league, just that, that steel, that, sh- that steel, that, iron, that, that sharpened midfield to just snuff out in the attack, just drive through people at the pirouette to be that, that true holding stopper midfielder player. And we finally found one in Hoy Beer and the dude cost us 16 million, but in selling Kyle Walker Peters, for I think around 13 million, it was a net. Uh, it was a net cost of three million dollars for a player that it's going to end up being one of the better midfielders in the entire league this season. Finally, finish by talking about Son again. <laughs> if, if those haven't listened to the pod before, I am half Korean, and Son was what brought me to Tottenham. Son sits atop the top, the Golden Boot standings. Of course, he had five goals against Southampton, so he's got eight so far. Uh, I think uh, last season he had 10 or 11 goals all season last season. Now he also had 10 or 11 assists. So he had the double double, which is rare. Uh, He is a good assister as well, but uh, we're going to see something special goal wise out of him this season, especially with the way that Kane is delivering to him. I'm excited. The league's wide open, you know, looking at the standings or the table, rather, you can see that the league is truly wide open for the first time that it's been in years you know, maybe that's because of Corona. Maybe that's because of other factors, no fans, which is, of course, due to Corona. Either way, though, Tottenham has to be looking at this league and thinking, we're in this. We can win this league.
2: I got a couple things to add on Tottenham because uh, I spent my day watching my nice Monday afternoon drinking margaritas and watching soccer. Hell yeah. Um, they're slowly becoming a team that I want to win all the time just because I want uh, your lovely mom to be happy. <laughs> He's the best. Um, but San, man, he is always in the right position. He just always knows where to be, it seems like. And that goal, if there's no reason for him to be in that spot unless he knows Kane is going to make that pass. And there's no way for, no reason for Kane to make that pass unless he you knows San is going to be there. So they have like this Stockton Malone type chemistry where they just know what the other one is doing and Kane knows how to get him the ball in the right spot. And San can finish, obviously. So they're, uh, <laughs> they're really exciting. Um, Burnley, geez man, they are brutal to watch them. <laughs> they just muck it up and it's ugly and physical and they're just beating people up. I know, like,
1: I, I didn't even get into that because I just kind of felt bad getting into that. And, and Sean Dyche, he gets a lot of credit as a manager, but there were times, I swear to God, when I look, this is something that, that, that fans, this is what's cool, is you can see the amount of players and the way they line up in, in football, especially when they backdrop it. It's actually something that's very different than NFL. Sometimes in NFL, the camera has to pan to like a long pass and you don't even know where the pass is necessarily going to because they're so zoomed in at the point of attack, the line of scrimmage. In European football and soccer, it's zoomed back more and especially if you ever, if you go to a match, you can really see the whole thing mature and develop and there was just so many times today when they would turn over possession, Burnley, and I'd look at Burnley, there would already be 10 people Meaning their entire squad was behind the ball. In other words, they were on defense immediately. And I don't know. I think Drake has some, some points to chime in on here. It's it's tough to watch. It's not a beautiful game.
0: Yeah, my um my point is gonna be somewhat of a troll point. Um, so two weeks ago, Stakes Newcastle drugged Burnley three to one. So they didn't seem to have any issue. With the old Burnley, but Isaac, your uh, Tottenham—they had a little bit of a struggle with the Burnley. So let's let's just leave that at as that. Um, as we transition to Newcastle's one-one draw with Wolves, which you could arguably say is is a big point for um, for the Toon Army. Um, State, go ahead and give us your your recap of of the Newcastle's one-point verse versus Wolves
2: super excited to get that point man that game never felt winnable even drawable really it was just they were out of class the big takeaway for me is if steve bruce listens to this podcast last week i was on here saying start Almiron, start ryan fraser let's get some playmakers in there and boom they're in there Fraser there, didn't show much Almiron played his ass off he was all over the field all over the pitch excuse me um Beautiful free kick in the 89th minute from Jacob Murphy near post. It was so pretty. It was such a small window to get that equalizer and get the point. Um, Yeah. I was super distracted, though, because I discovered uh, the EK Metcalf of the EPL. (laughs) Uh, Adama? Adama Traore. Holy bleep. Look at this guy. (laughs) I spent the last 20 minutes of that game just on Google Images looking at this monster. Dish. I'm just glad... Newcastle survived. Nobody like got their heads ripped off. Nobody was eaten by that guy. Holy shit! <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we,
1: we could do a whole podcast on Adama Triore. So there's a couple oh. things like urban legends about him. First of all, they there's been claims at some point that he doesn't lift weights.
2: That's what I've heard. How is that possible? What does he lift? Buses. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's also been like imagery of him getting his like muscles greased before games I because he's so, uh, they're, they're, everyone grabs onto him so much because he's so fast and so quick. Check like my that, Twitter that, feed. That, you that, want that, to, to see him yeah. greased up, man. <laughs> Dude, the best is going to be, especially for you, Steak. I think the best is going to be the next World Cup because you're going to see these players out there and you're gonna be like, oh my God, there's Triori. Yeah. place plays for yeah. Spain. I mean, like he's like he's Spanish, I guess. Yeah, okay. So he plays for Spain, <laughs> and he'll be out there, you know, <laughs> playing balls with the Región of Tottenham and yeah. Sergio Ramos. So,
2: That's crazy! Wow,
1: it
0: is crazy.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because one of my one of my favorite things about starting to follow the EPL now is seeing guys that I saw in the World Cup, and I'm like, wow, they're teammates. So it's kind of like the reverse effect where it's like, oh, this is an all-star team here, you know? Like, yeah, like. Chelsea, you know, seeing Kalisic run around with these guys. I'm like, wow, oh, imagine if they were on the same, like, national team. But, you know, it's a lot of fun, you know. So I'm excited for the next World Cup to get the, the actual proper effect and proper reaction.
0: Yeah, there's – I mean, there's nothing like like a World Cup and seeing these guys um, who you follow on a day-in, day-out basis and, and what they do on the international level. But as far as um, – so Newcastle goes, um, they're – they're definitely kind of a mid-table team, um, but as far as them facing off with Wolves, who is somewhat of a – Wolves is flirting with a top six-ish team slash mid-table, so they – it was a battle um, throughout, nil-nil throughout the um, the majority of the match, and then Wolves strikes in the 80th, 80th minute. Um, and, and one thing you'd like to see um, and, and kind of can tell as far as how – how a team is going to respond, and and the caliber of the team that they are. So Wolves scored in the 80th minute, and Newcastle responds in the 89th minute with that free kick goal. Um, usually, when you see an 80th minute goal when there's nil nil, that's that's usually a wrap. So when you when you see um, a counter goal in the 89th minute, that's that's usually a good sign um, as far as where where your club is as far as fight what they have left in them um how the they definitely uh, have
2: they definitely have heart man they're, they're resilient which i guess right. is, you know after that drubbing from manu last week too right like, it's it good to you bounce back and play quality football i would i mean they were sloppy but they, i mean they, they play hard i just yeah. don't know if the, the talent level is there no but when really
1: you look hard. at this when you look at this table let's look at this table from fifteenth place to sixth place is one point is one victory. Yeah, three points. What? I mean, I've, I, even in six even in six games, that I know it's early. I in my five six years of really paying attention to this, I've never seen it this even. In other words, teams are winning, teams are losing, teams are drawing to everyone across the board, and it's incredible, and it makes her exciting watching because. You get Southampton. Southampton beat Everton. You know and you get uh, these these just these amazing games, and you know, and then you get Chelsea playing a crap game against Man United, and I don't know what's next, but that was just horrible. Yeah, <laughs> clash of the titans.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, and also also this year, it's you can you can see the names um, in name alone that there's like you said between fifth. And I mean, honestly, though, from from one down to fifteen, it's all top-notch names who are who are going to compete for um, not only staying up, but compete for arguably uh, Europa League. Because right, I, um, uh,
1: completely. Because agree.
0: because Man U is in fifteenth right now, so obviously they're going to compete for Europa. So everyone above them is also going to be in the same boat. That's right. For I think it's just for, Go ahead.
1: I think it's just right now as far as seems that we clearly have ruled out.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. I think it's just
1: full and then from what I saw from Burnley today, I I mean, yeah, I know we beat them only 1-0. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Newcastle handled them pretty well. They do not look good. Yeah. They just they don't offer anything truly creative or interesting. And uh again, I am fully acknowledging that we only beat them one zero, but uh you know this is what does happen to a Europa match, uh, you know, in between that they don't have anything. So we had to do some squat rotation, which of course we're capable of as a big club. But Fulham, Burnley, I would say
0: West Brom, those clubs, they do yeah. not look good. Yeah, uh, so yeah, and we'll hit on we'll have, we'll hit on the bottom of the table at the end of the show. Um so moving on to one of our somewhat adopted clubs, Everton. Um, they took a surprising L to Southampton. Um, Everton has been super hot. Um, they were unbeaten up to this point in the table um, and match sheet. They're they're still sitting atop atop the table um, at number one but they took a surprising loss to Southampton. Um, and surprisingly Danny Ings didn't get on the score sheet, which I thought would have been a a sure bet if, if someone were to tell me Southampton was going to beat Everton, but it was James Ward Prowse and Che Adams who got on the score sheet. And then a red card late, um, from Luke Lucas Digne in the 72nd minute. Um, so Everton super disappointing. Um, match this week? Do either of you guys have, have a comment on that match?
2: For me, it just seems like if Pommets or, or Calvert-Lewin or, yeah, Calvert-Lewin are doing what they need to do, like that's all Everton has. Yeah. And it's all I think, about- I
1: think that's exactly... Yeah, Stig makes a very good point, and this is what I think. There was a couple of weeks ago that we had talked about... I think we were comparing straight up, you know, Everton and, and Tottenham, and it was... I think my concern with Everton is that, yeah, they made some incredible signs uh, in James, um and a couple others that they signed uh, Alon as well that, that are really, uh, you know, James is just, he's a cut above. I mean, he's going to be yeah. one of the best signs of the whole season by far. No doubt. Yeah.
0: I mean, his passing play.
1: his, his skill. Yeah. The Corey was the other one, from you know, Watford relegated team, you know, it's a fire cell in those situations, yeah. but they don't. I don't think that they necessarily possess an, a total squad depth to really compete day in day out. And right. I think that you'll find that some of these players may get worn down yeah. uh, over over the over the wars to come. I mean, these seasons are brutal, and 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 I don't. You know, they're not even playing in Europe. They're not in the Europa, uh, and yet here they are. And 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 Southampton look the better club start to finish in that match, in my opinion. So I think Everton, it's disappointing. It's one match, and Southampton are not, you know, Fulham. Uh, Southampton are a decent club, notwithstanding, you know, our drubbing of them, everything goes back to Tottenham, our drubbing of them five to two. Yeah. Uh, You know, they're a decent club, and um, it's not exactly like we're talking about them, you know, losing to Fulham 2-0. I mean, they're they're decent.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So Everton – I mean, but to that end, Everton is, has somewhat overachieved to this point, um, so you can't really knock them too much for for their result this, this past weekend. Um, so when you
1: say overachieved, I mean, you think that you don't see them
0: winning the league, for example. I mean, I don't think anybody has seen – sees them as – Who's going to win the league. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean we're we're 6 weeks in would so if we go back to the start of of the season and use and we said 6 weeks in who's who's sitting at top of the table I don't think I mean none of us are saying Everton by any means are we I don't think I mean
1: I think 5 weeks in people were certainly wondering if they had a chance but no yeah. I mean they 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 yeah, I think but, that they are a good club but they will not win the league
0: yeah, they're definitely a good club, um, but I mean, to that end, you could Liverpool. Um, I mean, Liverpool they ran, and Man they City. Ran City they had last,
1: yeah, yeah, they at had last season. Yeah, yeah, they had they had crazy seasons, example.
0: but but prior to the previous insane seasons that City and Liverpool have had, the winners, the whoever ended up winning the season, um, the table have obviously had. They were they lose to a smaller club like like a Southampton. Um, Absolutely. In, but, they so. can't, they're,
1: they're, since, you know, the only time there was ever wide or wire or rather, you know, never losing was Arsenal invincible season. I mean, other than right. that, yeah. you know, some clubs have lost. Yeah. So, I For mean, sure. they, they're, they're going to lose, and you, you, you learn more from losing than winning. So, you know, we'll see how Everton respond. Um, it looks like that they play Newcastle.
0: Oh, nice. That'll be a good matchup for us. So moving on to um, Chelsea, Manchester United, a bit of a lackluster um, match, a nil-nil draw. So Chelsea was obviously the big spender in the transfer market this past um, offseason. And all the Chelsea supporters made it seem like they were going to be an easy lot for the top 4 but they haven't they haven't really shown much um much of that to this point. Manchester United hasn't looked good at all this season um to my in my opinion but um that'll be that'll be um we will see but Isaac what's your what's your thought on on that match and and where Chelsea uh, is a to this snoozer.
1: point that was yeah. just a horrible match. I mean, we're talking yeah. about Clash of the Titans. Something yeah. that is built up as what's supposed to be, you know, the match the weekend here. And right. I'm looking at the stats here, and you got United had 14 shots to Chelsea, six. Yep. Yeah. Shots on target. Four, four to one. United, one for Chelsea. Yep. Yeah. One shot on target. So, I mean, this, is, this was just a very – you know, boring, non-creative match. The, the, the thing that, um, the the main flashpoint of the match that people have wondered about were the two penalty shouts. Okay? Right. So there was the penalty shout that actually got looked at. And again, this is unfortunately we're rehashing VAR. There was a penalty shout that was looked at, which was when... Um, uh, a United player got clipped. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Rashford. It might have been someone else. But it was weak. It was a weak shout. I want to say it was Rashford. It, it was like he was just like passing or trying to clear. It. He was in the box, but it wasn't anything like it was like kind of simultaneous contact. But then five minutes before that, Harry Maguire like bear hugged and brought down Coletta as he was clearing a ball and it was like, it was just like, it didn't even happen. And VAR didn't even take a look at it. And it just continues to bring to light or rather to highlight this notion that VAR is being run by people who or do not understand the game who are not in touch with reality. Right. Did you see that at all, Drake? I mean, it was yeah. crazy. Harry yeah. It was
0: stupid. Yep.
1: I mean, outside of that, there's really nothing interesting to talk about this match. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, it was such so, a waste of my life watching. Right, it I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Why am I watching this crap?"
0: <laughs> right. So looking at, looking at the uh, stats and the um, the lineups that are obviously the the generic um, clicks on on Google, this is not really um, relevant to anything other than like if you're a soccer slash football guru and you pay attention to stuff, Isaac, does it bother you when you see – so like when they put these lineups on there, so I'm looking at Chelsea's lineup that they had. So it's it's claiming a 3-4-2-1 formation that they had. But obviously, knowing, looking at the two – left back slash left wing back slash what they want to claim as left mid or right mid as a three, four, two, one, but you know, it's a five, two, three or five, two, two, one. Does that, uh, yeah. does that bother you? Like, I don't, so I don't understand. The yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why they do that because obviously Ben Chilwell and Reese James are right wing backs or right backs. Slash they're, they're,
1: they're wing backs more than anything. Yeah. The wing back is more of a modern formation. So, I mean, I think yeah. that you're calling this a back three. You're not call, because there is no, these are three center backs or so, center halves.
0: So, I guess so this my is a co- back three. So, I guess my question is so are we to assume that a wing back is equal to a midfielder? Yes. Okay. Well, if that's the case, yeah. then. I'm an idiot, but
1: no, you're not. And it doesn't, and it's not, no, not at all. I mean, it's just that it's semantics Yeah. and football is fluid. This isn't NFL.
2: Yeah. This
1: isn't like you play one position, you play one role. I mean, like, it's like, how often do you see, uh, you know, a, a free safety blitzing that's rare. Right. or how often do you see, uh, in the NFL, uh, you know alignment downfield blocking doing things that are way out of the realm of their, their normal position but right. in football and in European football it's 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 so fluid and there and there's a very a realization that players can float and move around and play in other positions that they or you know move, that people will cover for them you know the, the game has no stoppage yep. there's no reset. The way that there is, like, say, in the NFL or even the NBA, so it, it's more fluid though in the way that basketball is. So it's not something to like get too obsessed with. I mean, and I'm not by by any means the the most interested in in really. I mean, I, you know, I like tactics just like anyone else, but I'm not I'm not one that studies tactics necessarily. I, I'm more right. into the the individual plays, the way the individual plays play out, the like the breaking down of a goal and why that made that happen. Right. But if you take a step back, obviously those goals happen because of tactics. Right. For example, you can look at the Tottenham match today and you can say, you know, we'll work today for Tottenham. Uh, they spread out really wide and they had those players out wide and it really freed them up. And and, and Burnley is more condensed and, and they were more kind of, you could see that. You could, You Anyone could see that. Anyone that looked at that match would see that the Burnley players were more condensed like a blob, like a moving amoeba. Right. So that's why they like it was so easy to see that they had ten players behind the ball. So that that's something that's even beyond necessarily the individual formations. Whereas the Tottenham philosophy was to be a little more spread out, not necessarily to work the ball through the center, but to play the ball out wide to those wide players like Doherty and Ben Davis. So I mean, and it is fitting with this Chilwell and Reese James formation that you have here in, in Chelsea. So I mean it's not something to get like, you know uh obsessed with uh uh, people are i'm not one of them because i think it's such a fluid sport and i think that it's easy for players to move around and and play multiple roles
0: right no doubt so moving on um we're gonna have a quick quick little laugh at arsenal um losing (laughs) one nil to leicester city arsenal um supporters thought that thomas Partey um the midfielder coming over from La Liga was going to be their one and only savior and get them to Champions League glory um, as as easy as they thought it would seem. Um, but that didn't seem to happen as considering he started and the match didn't go their way. Um, so that's really all we're going to have for as far as the Arsenal recap didn't go as planned for the uh, the Gunners moving on to one of our adopted clubs Crystal Palace um, got a got a big win versus Fulham um, one of the one of the clubs that likes to battle in the Premier League um, Our one of our podcast favorites. Wolfie Zaha got back on the score sheet um, and led Crystal Palace to a 2-1 win over Fulham. Next up, we have Manchester City. Isaac's One of Isaac's favorite nemesis, Drew 1-1 versus West Ham. And I think he has a few laughs for the citizens.
1: I watched a lot of this match. Well, first of all, fair play to West Ham. So, you know, it's easy to laugh at the big clubs or whatever you want to call Man City, a big club, I guess. Obviously, they're huge. They spend a ton of money. Um, but fair play to West Ham. They played well. Uh, they built off of the momentum of coming back in the eighth or minute, down 3-0 to tie Tottenham. And they built on that and, and tied, uh, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the league and, and a club that I think a lot of people thought were easily going to win. Uh in the league this year. The main concerns I have with City are just the goal production. Um, you had a player in Raheem Sterling who scored a ton of goals last season. Uh, I mean, he scored. I want to say at least almost twenty goals. I mean, let's see here. I can Google it real quick. Um, it, it, it was a ton of goals. And in this season, I think it's just not looking like he's going to get anywhere near that. It, it, it's looking poor. Um, now, he is still a good player. There's no doubt. But I, I just have a great deal of concerns uh, with their offensive uh, offensive, uh, you know, strike force. Uh, you've got they, – they got the Sané went to Byron. Um, Gab- Gabriel Jesus looks – okay. I I just, I have, you know, they, they look small, they look weak. And I think that, that small kind of player, that quick player, you know, that, that, that worked out for them, you know, two seasons ago when they won the league two seasons ago, but it it looks to me like that there's, there, there's been a shift more. I mean, you look at like the Harry Kane's, the Sons, the dominant Calvert-Lewin's, Uh, You know, the players that are that are scoring goals, these are these are bigger players, stronger players than than the likes of Sterling and uh, and Jesus. And the the biggest the other big thing is just to the hunger, the desire. I don't see it. They won two seasons ago. Everyone wondered, is Pep going to bring City Champions League glory? That was the reason he was put there. they They won the league before Pep got there. They won the league with Pellegrini. They right. won the league famously with Pellegrini when they yep. came back and that's the, that's the famous Aguero goal yeah. you know, and they st- they basically stole the league from Manchester United but they couldn't win Champions League so they say, okay let's bring Pep here Pep will win us the Champions League well they couldn't get that done uh, you know two seasons ago it was Tottenham knocking out of, ch- out of the Champions League
0: Right. so
1: it's just it's fading it's fizzling and I'm loving every minute of it <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doubt you're either you're you either win- i
1: mean what you, yeah what do you think about them I and mean, they don't look good to you either right I mean, you see did you watch any of that
0: yeah it's just it's like their whole identity has changed as far as they they've gone from being the hunters to being the hunted and and they have no response to what um not only they're they become the hunted but like no one fears them anymore so everyone's um it's like no one's playing with any kind of um no one's timid playing against them nobody's scared of them and everyone's giving their giving them their best shot and and uh taking it taking it right to them and it's like city is a. Uh, they're they're sitting back and taking shots, and they have nothing to give back to them. So it's it'll be interesting to see how um, how in if city can counter counter the shots that that are being thrown their way. Um, so we're gonna recap with the um, a look at the table at the bottom. So we have right now currently we have. 17, 18, 19, 20, we have West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield and Fulham. No no really surprises there. Um I I would say Fulham are definitely a lock. My opinion is that Burnley and West Brom are going to be down there with them. I think Sheffield will will climb up through um, the relegation battle. So that's what about my prediction Brian? for now. I think, I think Brighton, Brighton, I, think Brighton will, I think they'll survive. I think they have enough to survive. So, uh,
1: Yeah, they got, they, uh, they got some creative players
0: and yeah,
1: pie. I mean, they, they have goals in them. Connolly, I mean, It's like, it's like yeah. can these teams score goals? Yeah. Like, Fulham just, they just can't score.
0: Yeah. We could, we could spend an entire episode um, talking about the promotion and what it means to come up from the championship and adding players and, and all that but it would be it would be a lot so um we're gonna wrap it up there and we appreciate you guys listening to us we hope you join us next week for relegated fc this has been drake isaac and kevin thanks for joining